Cicadas, an unlikely agent of resilient design in real estate. Written by Alex Morales. Narrated by Colleen Lex. Cornet Global's The Leader Magazine, November 2021. Like in so many places across the U.S., summer of 2021 was announced by the symphonic celebration of cicadas that, for 17 long years, were patiently colluding within the Earth's caverns before announcing their virtuosity in our parks and green spaces. The cicadas have made so much noise, literally with their ruckus reaching up to 100 decibels, and figuratively as they managed to capture a sensational buzz across various news medias, are part of the largest generation of periodic cicadas known as Broad X. The next time we will see these winged torpedoes will be in 2038. By then, the world will look very different. In fact, we will have passed our deadline to meet carbon neutrality established as a primordial goal of the 2030 Challenge, a climate change initiative that was catapulted into the extremities of real estate by the bold thought leaders of architecture. Nine years from now, we will have to come to terms with either the success or failure in meeting this challenge. Most importantly, however, and regardless of the outcome of May Day, we will also need to evaluate what happens after 2030, because the work will certainly continue. If we are successful, then our charge will likely be to build on that success. If not, then our focus towards carbon neutrality will be just as ardent and we must all move forward with the same united tenacity and grit behind our original visions as professionals in the built environment. The future of real estate is intricately tied into a sort of systems theory, where environmental stewardship is anchored into the continuum of our livelihoods. Our reality is our interconnectedness to the environment. Most recently, we were reminded of this by witnessing unprecedented flooding in the Northeast. As a result of Hurricane Ida's deluge that took it from the southern to northeastern U.S., the New York City National Weather Service issued its first flash flood warnings in its recorded history for the affected vicinities, including for New York City proper. Putting the brakes on. To many, these flash floods led to flashbacks of the natural phenomena that increasingly threaten what appears to be every enclave in our great American cities. In 2017, Hurricane Harvey presumably kindred of Ida, thrashed the megalopolis of Houston and left it with a stark reminder of nature's invincibility, as if to assert who's in charge. The bell rang and it was our mother, nature. Although real estate investors continue to eye Houston because of its market diversification, ties to Latin American commerce, and talented workforce, in the aftermath of Harvey, the conversations quickly went from a city that was the darling of the South for flashy real estate development, where construction cranes seemed to change the skyline by the minute, to the very real concerns of building in the company of climate events. With Harvey, the temperature changed from Build, baby, build. To what now? Harvey unloaded about 33 trillion gallons of water in totality as it gallivanted across the South, 19 trillion of which fell in the Houston area alone, and folks in the business of real estate almost had no choice but to press pause on the music of building. We shifted from counting cranes to counting risk, 
and while opinions, some louder than others, rushed in from every direction, it became evident that regionality offers no iron dome to protect against the impacts of climate and disastrous events. We've since been forced to not only address where we build, but how we build, anywhere. These conversations should not stop with end users who ultimately inhabit the spaces we create, but also continue with those who are seemingly far removed, like investors who might live oceans away, but that have the heavy pockets to influence and demand more robust design approaches. With each increasingly more volatile climate event, we must strategically approach the manifestation of development. Indeed, the future of real estate is in resilient design, and the idea of resilience is not only related to addressing climate change or our charge to proactively engage in initiatives like the 2030 Challenge. It is also the ability to infuse design into structures that will withstand and persevere. Whether we are addressing frequent wildfires in California or flash flooding, which was once inconceivable in areas like New York City, the skeletons and every critical component of our buildings must be curated for resilience. An adage also familiar in the face of climate change is that things will get worse before they get better. NASA's Earth Observatory publication acknowledges that global warming would not suddenly stop if we indeed stabilized greenhouse gas emissions. In fact, the data suggests that warming trends will continue decades after stabilization and, in the case of more aggressive gaseous emissions like carbon dioxide, stabilization might require the patience of many more generations that will supersede us. Therefore, it is apparent that our commitment is not to self, but to those who do not yet exist. This is where the pedagogy of resilient design applies. The conversation about global warming must telescope past the neutralization of carbon emissions from buildings or their efficiency and energy consumption. We also must design for a future that constitutes rethinking the way we see our buildings, past how they operate, and into their longevity. We must imagine our buildings to be ageless beings that morph into something else years from now. These are buildings that will be molded to the use required by our future relatives who will read a new iteration of this article under a more victorious lens, it is hoped. The basic premise is that one of the best ways we might contribute to stabilizing greenhouse gas emissions is to not build at all or build very little in an effort to reduce our carbon footprint by minimizing the energy and exhaustion of resources required to build anew. What does this mean? This means that we must think even in terms of micro-thoughts. What materials are we using? How durable and forgiving are they? What if my building gets hit by a large, ravenous cloud of fire or swamped by an ocean of disparaging water? Can my building withstand threat and exposure? We've learned from the most recent flooding event in New York City that our cities are not necessarily protected from catastrophic events simply by virtue of geography. In Design 101, as many architecture minds might appreciate, folks are not always taught to think in terms of catastrophe. There is already plenty of drama that permeates the late nights of studio where the new leaders of architecture are being groomed for our workforce. Now we almost have to add another layer of drama to shield our developments from catastrophe and an eye for pessimism might be just what we need. Of course, our mandate is to then transform this pessimism into resilient design and, in doing so, make way for the continuum of financial, social, and environmental factors that establish the triple bottom line emanating in sustainable design. 
A great example of this type of design is 181 Fremont Tower, a mixed-use steel statue that shouts over San Francisco's undulating urban center. Dubbed as the most resilient building in the western U.S., a June 2016 article in Structure Magazine points to precisely the mantra of design for arriving at buildings that can not only survive catastrophic and climatic events, but that can be reoccupied almost immediately thereafter, or with very little disturbance to daily operations. Equipped with the micro-thinking of design strategies that determine the selection of only the most robust materials and designed to withstand the prophecy of catastrophic events, this building, a relative newcomer, offers a glimpse of what our future should be. Imagine what could be. And it all makes sense, really. Designing for resilience means we no longer need to sleep with one eye opened. Our end users can continue inflicting their genius to generate productivity and revenue in whatever they do in their offices high above the clouds. Consequently, our owners and developers can continue to collect their rent with the same bravado of any other day. This is how we take the idea of resilience one step further, past the physical and into the impact on our communities the communities that oftentimes have existed in spaces where we've introduced or are planning to introduce our new towers, malls, entertainment venues, and every version of what we call the built environment. It is only appropriate that our introductions of infrastructure have a net positive impact on communities so that they too might take advantage of the comfortable grasp of continuum. As it appears, the tantrum of climate events can be mitigated through design and our communities can keep on keeping on, as one famous musician said in his tangled up lyrics. In the aftermath, this means we can scratch off rebuild from our to-do list. Perhaps some minor repairs in the context of what could have been, but there certainly is respite not starting from scratch. Avoid what perhaps could have been another big, giant carbon footprint. The infusion of longevity afforded by resilient designs means that our buildings can be repurposed to grow with the demands of our evolving communities as required, so long as we design with purpose, like strategically selecting materials that will allow this evolution. Today, an office tower, tomorrow, a hospital. The umbrage of fall will soon be apparent in the trees, and the cicadas are marching back toward the earth to wait for 2038. Between now and then, it is likely we will face more vestiges of climate and catastrophic events, and we will have to answer not only whether we met our 2030 challenge, but whether our communities persevered through our efforts in resilient design, and whether our efforts were bold enough to address climate change. How we build, with what we build, and if we build at all, are questions that have never been more critical in our implementation of resilience. Yes, continuum, for the sake of financial, social, and environmental achievements, even for cicadas. About the author, Alex Morales, Associate AIA, EDAC, LED Green Associate, is Senior Structural Steel Specialist for the Houston Market at the American Institute of Steel Construction.